We put out our survey over Christmas break asking you, the student body, hearing up to 300 responses from around the community, what is it that you want to hear messages on within chapel that are slipping through maybe some of the cracks in the curriculum or you don't feel are getting enough shaping conversations in your life around? The number one runaway answer for you was dating, relationships, and issues pertaining to sexuality. We've been trying to cover some of those the past few weeks, and we're going to do the same again this morning. In fact, this morning we're going to welcome a special guest in order to lead us in that conversation. Chelsea Neutron is a 2011 graduate of Dort College. Um, after grad, moved to Colorado Springs where she worked for Focus on the Family for some time. Now recently took a job, or her husband took a job back in Iowa just outside of Des Moines. They moved back, are starting a family, and um, she does freelance work as well as working for a ministry called Authentic Intimacy. Um, so she's going to share a little bit more about sexuality and dating with us today. And also tonight at 8.30 p.m. in SB 1606, an event for women, she'll be on a, leading a panel discussion from 8.30 to 10 o'clock around issues related to dating, sexuality, and relationships. So women on campus, you are invited to that in SB 1606 tonight at 8.30. Will please join me in welcoming Chelly Neutron. Chelsea, let me pray for you before we start. Father, we thank you that the work that you do within our life to prepare our life's message doesn't start in the week before we talk in front of people. Your spirit has been at work in Chelsea for a very long time. To give her an authoritative voice on a subject that a lot of us have a hard time sometimes talking about. Father, we thank you for the work that you've prepared, and we thank you for the words that you've given her. And now we just ask for peace as she shares those with us. May the spirit within her Resonate with that within us. Sow your seeds of truth and let us see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. There's a lot of you here. When I was a student, um, I feel like chapel wasn't this vibrant. And this morning, I just get a feeling of the Holy Spirit's presence here this morning. And it's a new, and it's something fresh, and it's exciting to be a part of it. Um, like Aaron said, my name is Chelsea Neutron. I am so excited to be here with you this morning. He kind of gave a little intro, but I graduated in 2011. After that, followed my dream of working at Focus on the Family for a while. Married my Dort sweetheart, Steve, um, who's from Pella. Um, he graduated with a degree in environmental studies, which is why we just traded in our mountains for prairie land and now live outside of Des Moines, um, where he is a park ranger. And as I said, we're starting a family and expecting our first baby girl in May, which is exciting. But as part of Steve's job, my husband, he is in the Law Enforcement Academy and couldn't be with us here today. So to make him feel a little bit like he got to be a part of this, I want to send him a quick Snapchat, if that's okay with everyone. And since I heard you say good morning, I know you can yell and say a little something. So even though he told me not to do this, I want everyone to say, hi, Ranger Steve, really loud. <laughs> He's going to kill me, but okay, on the count of three, and don't be shy, because then I'll feel really stupid. Okay, so one, two, three. Hi, Ranger Steve. That was awesome. <laughs> and I'm just going to make that my story. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Cool. Well, Dort has a huge place in my heart. I actually came in as a terrified transfer student. 
my sophomore year, um, got placed with some incredible women who are still my very best friends today. We talk on a weekly basis, which seems kind of crazy. We're spread all, all over the U.S. and even in Canada. Um, those crazy Canadians, they steal our hearts and they move back to Canada, so just be prepared. Um, but while I was at Dort, I had a great time, got a great education, had the awesome opportunity to study abroad in the Netherlands, and also met my husband. Although Dort holds some of my most fond memories, it's also a place where I made some of my biggest mistakes. Um, my years here were formative and freeing, possibly too freeing. I was a sheltered, small-town Christian schoolgirl who enjoyed the attention that I got at parties and the boldness a few shots of vodka gave me on the weekends. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into my own personal story, but you can hear more about it tonight at the Q&A. So I wish I could say it was just four short years ago that I was in your very seats, but the truth is I didn't go to chapel um, when I was a student, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But that just is something that makes today pretty amazing to be up here today and be with all of you here. Um, I thought I was coming to Dort today to talk about dating and marriage. That was what had been on my heart, super passionate about inspiring young adults toward marriage. My husband and I had some awesome mentorship in our dating and engagement that dramatically changed our relationship. So I love inspiring and encouraging young adults on that path. I wanted to come and encourage you to date intentionally and to not waste time with people that you don't see as a future spouse. I promise that will save you some heartache. I wanted to come to encourage you to find a mentor couple, um, someone whose marriage you admire, and start spending time with them. Spend time preparing for marriage, even if you're single. And if you're dating, start asking intentional questions. And remember that marriage will never complete you or make you fully happy. Only Jesus can do that. But God had other plans. And um, two weeks ago when I was preparing for this, he put it heavy on my heart that instead he wanted me to talk fully about sexuality today. Does anyone feel a little awkward yet? Probably not, since that's the number one thing that you asked to talk about. So that makes me feel a little better. Like Aaron said, one of my consulting jobs is for a ministry out of Colorado Springs called Authentic Intimacy. And their mission is to help people understand and embrace, embrace God's design for sexuality and intimacy. Um, they've changed my life, and a lot of the content that I'm going to bring today is from them personally and from their resources. But it's not always the easiest thing to bring up at family get-togethers. People already have a hard time understanding what I do as a contractor, so when they say, what have you been working on lately? And I say, I work for a sex ministry. There's usually a long, awkward pause that follows. <laughs> My husband said no one would laugh. This is awesome. You guys are great. <laughs> but why is that? Why is that me saying that today made some of you feel uncomfortable? Maybe you're not holding your new girlfriend's hand anymore, or you're regretting your decision to sit next to your professor. Why is it that the one thing that defines so much of who we are, a lot of you are sitting next to your professors, aren't you? <laughs> Why is it that the one thing that defines so much of who we are, our sexuality, is one of the last things that the church wants to talk about? I don't want to assume, but I can generalize that a lot of you probably grew up similar to me. I have a CRC background, which I can say I'm extremely thankful for, but I grew up in a Christian community, and basically the only time sex was ever mentioned was when it was necessary or when it was waved under the mantra of save sex for marriage. The church has done a great job of pushing that message, 
but a great job of leaving out the fact that our sexuality actually encompasses so much more than sex itself. Our sexuality isn't something to be suppressed and then magically embraced on our wedding night. It can't be, it's who we are. Yes, saving sex for marriage is more than a good idea. It's biblical and it will save you from a lot of pain and heartache here on this earth. But as, as we will discuss today, there's so much more to having a holy sexuality and true purity than simply saving sex for marriage. Because of the way the church has put a big don't do it, it's dirty sign in front of sex, a lot of us have maybe experienced shame and guilt around this very topic. Whether it was something we saw or did as a young child, we most likely got reprimanded instead of talked to gently about God's design for sexuality. Sex from then on has been shameful and we have tucked away our questions and feelings into dark, lonely corners of our hearts. I'm not a sex expert or a doctor in psychology, but I do know three things and want to share three things with you today that I know about sex. One, God created sexuality to be good and to be holy. Two, just like everything good and holy the Lord creates, the enemy is in a fierce battle to distort and destroy this. And three, God wants to bring restoration to your sexuality. So number one, God created sex to be holy. That's not normally the part of Christianity that we run around excited telling people about. Sure, we all know that God created sex. Do you ever wonder why he created something that seems so dirty or why he cares so much about something that seems so private? A lot of us tend to put our sexuality in a box that's completely separate from our spiritual life. Instead of it being what God designed it to be, something that draws us closer to him, because of our guilt and shame, it actually becomes a barrier between us and God. A quote from John Piper, the reason that God made us sexual is to make God more deeply knowable. The reason that God made us sexual is to make God more deeply knowable. This hardly seems true when the shame and guilt many of us have experienced around our sexuality is something that keeps us from God. Throughout scripture, God uses tangible and physical things to teach us spiritual things. And while God could have used anything else, he chose to use sex to explain and show his deep and unrestrained passion for us. The ministry I mentioned earlier, Authentic Intimacy, co-authored a book called Pulling Back the Shades. And here's how they describe this mysterious metaphor. God designed sex as a powerful symbol and celebration of covenant love. It's a physical and emotional expression of the deepest commitment two people can make to each other. But sex is more than that. It represents the ultimate covenant love. God's love for his people. We see this symbolism all throughout scripture from the Old to the New Testament. In the Old Testament, when the Israelites, when God tells the Israelites that they were prostituting themselves, when they would turn to other gods. And check out Psalms 63 and 84. I won't read them, but look at the highlighted words. Earnestly seeking, thirsting, my whole body longs for you. Your love is better than life. My soul yearns, even faints, and my heart and my flesh cry out. Our bodies physically yearn for the Lord. And in the New Testament, we are told we are Christ's bride, and he is our groom. And in Revelation, 
we end with a wedding. God uses the physical example of intimacy, marriage, and sexuality all throughout scripture. God created us as sexual beings. Not yet. There we go. God created us as sexual beings that we might understand how it is to long and to desire and to crave intimate oneness physically, enabling us to relate that to our relationship with him. He is not asking us to see him sexually, but to use this physical example as an illustration of the deep spiritual connection he longs to have with you. The longings and desires you have point you to your creator. His love for us is sacred, it is passionate, and it is fierce. I could go on this topic forever, but I hope you were able to get a taste of why God made you a sexual being and why it truly is a good and holy thing. Before I go on, I read a terrifying statistic the other day that people only hear your first and your last point. So, everyone stand up. Turn around in one circle. Yep, everybody. (laughs) Clap your hands twice and sit down. Okay, now I know everyone's awake, so pretend this is point one. Now you have to pay attention again. Number two, the enemy is out to destroy this intimacy and push you as far away from understanding this beautiful and mysterious truth about God. Our culture has done a pretty great job of tainting and corrupting what God has designed to be good and holy. I don't know you, any of you. Well, I know a few of you, but I won't point you out because that'd be embarrassing. I see you, Cooper. But I don't know you, and I don't know the sin you struggle with. I don't know the baggage it is that you brought into this very room today, or the weight that weighs heavy on your shoulders. It could be what's tucked away in your browser history, what you and your boyfriend did last night that you swore would never happen, the book you read over spring break, or the movie you watched, the lustful daydreams you just had during your last class, the way you continuously lust over someone's Instagram or Facebook account, or the secret of how you were touched or pressured into something that you never asked for. No matter what your story is, the enemy's perversion of intimacy leaves us covered with guilt and shame. It leaves us feeling alone. That's his goal. He wants to make you feel dirty, unlovable, and undeserving of God's grace. Sexual sins are usually secret sins, and the enemy loves secrets. The burden of what we lock away into the dark corners of our heart separates us from God. We live in a world where one-third of females and one-sixth of males are sexually abused as children, where the erotic novel Fifty Shades of Grey was the fastest-selling book in history. And according to a recent Barna study group, 70% of single Christian males and 15% of single Christian women view pornography on a monthly basis. 12% of all of our websites are pornographic. 
And most men are exposed to their first pornographic image between the ages of 8 and 11. This is the world's distortion of God's design. And since these topics aren't being talked about, and they're not being discussed, they remain hidden in darkness. Today I want to bring some of them to light. I'm going to talk mostly about the dangers of porn and erotica, which is like steamy romance novels, like Fifty Shades of Grey. Even though the world has tried to tell you it's a commonplace love story novel, it's not. Dopamine is released during sexual acts. It makes you feel good and creates a sense of peace and pleasure. It doesn't matter if it's good or if it's bad pleasure, but it sends you back to the source constantly for more, creating an addiction. In new sexual experiences, something called PEA and adrenaline are released, which can have the same impact on your brain as crack cocaine. This addiction can be to porn, it can be to hooking up, it can be to reading romance novels, whatever it is, it will attach you to that source of pleasure. Not only are these acts addictive, but with each page of erotica and each image of porn, the enemy is trying to make you believe one thing, that sex is just physical. It's just physical, and it has nothing to do with God. Friends, these are imitators of true intimacy, and they will leave you unsatisfied, painfully aching for something more. This is the world's attempt to seek fulfillment and pleasure. Culture will tell you that it's okay to look, but not to touch. Jesus had something else to say. Do not commit adultery, he said, but I tell you that anyone who even looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Porn and erotica are lustful passions that awaken an appetite for sinful desires. This is really what I want you to get today. Following God's command of reserving sex for marriage is more than what you do with your body. It also includes what you look at, even what you think about. Because sexual sins are something we so easily hide, there's a common lie believed that you're only impacting yourself. This sin is only impacting me. But that's so far from the truth. Falling for false intimacy in porn and erotica and hooking up, any sexual sin is not only keeping you from God, but it's harming your current and your future relationships. I wish I had known that the things that I would do and the things that I would see would follow me into my marriage. You can't unsee things. You can't undo things. When I was in college, I followed the letter of the law. I believed that by not having sex, I was doing exactly what God asked. And I thought that was the extent of purity. But God taught me over the past few years that purity is so much more. It's just about it's just as much about what we see and what we think about as it is what we do with our bodies. It isn't just for singles. It's for all stages of life. It's something we work toward even in marriage. We always need to be on guard to protect our hearts against false intimacy. You know, I took my purity ring off on my wedding day. Should have left it on. There's so much more purity to seek even after marriage. While preparing for this chapel, I began to ask the Lord, is there an impurity in my life that I'm still blind to and numb to? The enemy has a really great way of making us think that even the smallest things don't matter. As I was praying, an image from the TV show House of Cards popped into my mind. 
and I knew what I had to do. We don't even have to look for lustful images. They find us, even on Netflix. Some people may be able to watch it without being tempted, but God showed me that I couldn't, and it was something I had to give up to protect the integrity and the purity of my marriage. We need to redefine purity. It's not just for singles, and it's not just about sex. It is a countercultural way of life. It's saying no to the things the world is doing, and no to the things the world is watching, and turning to Christ to fulfill our deepest longings and desires. Do you believe that that's true? That he could really do that for you? The joy and fulfillment we find in Jesus doesn't come and go the way our lustful passions do, but it is a deep satisfaction that grows more intimate with time. Which brings me to my last and most exciting point. Jesus wants to bring restoration to your sexuality, freeing you from sexual sin and growing in intimacy with you. I don't believe Jesus changed my chapel two weeks ago and sent me here to bring any more guilt, any more shame or condemnation. Whatever sin it is that you're struggling with, you know it's there. We bring enough guilt upon ourselves. But instead, he sent me here to remind you that he is waiting to offer you complete forgiveness and healing. Jesus sees those dark corners of your heart that you haven't shared with anyone. He knows the guilt and shame you walk around with, and he loves you just as much as he did before you even stepped into that sin. That's something I didn't understand when I was a student here. And like I said at the beginning, I didn't come to chapel. And the reason was because of that. I was so full of so much guilt and so much shame and condemnation for my own lifestyle, I didn't think Jesus wanted me here. I didn't think I deserved to be in his presence because I didn't understand his grace. Guys, that's why Jesus came. He came for sinners, like me and like you, and he came for the sick. He came to bring healing and joy. He longs for you to be in his presence no matter what it is that you carried in here with you today. We can never be too far from his grace or out of the grasp of his forgiveness. The enemy is the one who came to kill and to steal and to destroy, but not Jesus. He wants you to have life to the fullest. No matter what darkness, no matter how dark your sins are, his light is brighter. No matter how many years you've been looking at porn, how many erotic books you've read, horrible movies you've seen, people you've given your body to, lustful thoughts that you have had, Jesus is enough. And his arms are open wide. And you're not alone in the struggle. I know what some of you are thinking because I would have thought the same thing. That's nice, speaker lady with bright lead lipstick. But you don't know my life. You don't know my struggle, and you don't know my sin, and you don't have to wake up and be me in the morning and face it all over again. But I want to tell you something that changed my life. Jesus is enough. He's enough to fill those holes in your heart and to fulfill your longings and your desires. Every sexual temptation is rooted in the same thing, your longing to be loved and to be known. Search the scriptures and see this is what God desires with you. 
He wants to offer you that intimacy that nothing on this world can. I'm in an amazing marriage. I love my husband, but he cannot fulfill me the way Jesus can. I want to share a personal testimony with you of God's victory in this area. When I was a senior at Dort, um, some people came to talk on this very topic. Like I said, I didn't necessarily go to chapel, but the title intrigued me enough to go. My girlfriends and I sat as we listened and heard statistics about pornography. I had no idea. I knew nothing about it, didn't know it was an issue, didn't know people struggled with it, definitely didn't know Christian men struggled with it. My heart dropped as the speaker told us that 90% of college men struggle with an addiction to pornography. Not only did that statistic alone break my heart, but it was a conversation I had never had with my boyfriend. I was terrified to know the truth. I asked him that very night. Before I could finish the question, tears of guilt and shame streaked down his face. Although my heart was broken, that night marked a miraculous change in my husband's life. For the first time, he'd been confronted And although the challenge of giving up porn had always seemed too difficult, he knew it was time to seek purity. And on his knees that very night, Steve prayed for forgiveness and for healing, and he has never looked back. Praise God. I thank God for that night. I thank God for his healing power. And I thank God that he is enough. And that somebody was bold enough to get up and share that message with us when we were that age. Obviously, I had full permission to share that um, testimony of my husband with you today. And I asked him this past weekend more about this experience and what he would like to share if he could have been here today um, to share with men and women who are in a similar struggle. Maybe it's not to porn. Maybe it's to something else. And he said, you need to make an active decision that is enough, that enough is enough. He said, I had prayed and prayed knowing I was living in sin, but didn't actively choose until that very day to say no more. And to join together in Christ's promise of redemption until that very night. From there you need to pray for God to sustain you and to give you the strength to say no more on a daily basis. And I guarantee you that he will. It may not be easy, but with Christ it's possible. As I get more involved in the ministry of authentic intimacy, which deals a lot with this topic, and also just being around more married couples, my eyes eyes are continuously opened 100% of marriages are impacted by sexual sin. Your sexual sin will impact your marriage someday. It will impact the relationships you have. And now is the time to seek healing and restoration. For me, my personal struggle wasn't with porn and it wasn't with erotica. Although I realize now how much I am impacted by TV and movies, even social media. For me, my struggle was a constant need for male approval and admiration for me, that had become an idol, and it was taking away from the intimacy my creator longed to have with me. It was sacrificing, I was sacrificing my emotional and physical purity for a temporary satisfaction that always left me craving for something more. We all have our own story. We all have our own struggle. And whatever that is, on whatever stage of life you're in, it's time for all of us to experience a new sexual revival, to be aware of God's design, to seek true intimacy, and to pursue a new kind of purity. 
one that permeates all areas of life. You will never be in a better place to do this than you are right now. You're surrounded by people that love you, professors that care for you, a chaplain that loves you and cares for you, roommates, classmates. This is a Christian community that you won't experience outside of this campus. Take this opportunity to create safeguards in your life and maintain purity. Whether that's a software you put on your computer to keep you from looking at sites that you shouldn't, or an accountability partner. I can't tell you how different my college experience would have been had I had an accountability partner. Start having these conversations. Talk to your roommates and classmates, your significant other. Please have this conversation with your significant other. And let's redefine and revive the conversation around purity, bringing light into these dark places. Step into purity now. Your future self and your future family will thank you. And just remember, you're not alone in the struggle. With Christ, it is possible. And you're never too far from his grace. The last thing I want you to do is everyone to get out your phone or your planner or a piece of paper if you don't have a phone. And in your calendar for tomorrow, I want you to create an event that says talk to someone. I don't care who it is, someone you trust. It could be a roommate, it could even be a, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, a professor you trust. Healing comes when we bring sin to light. When we let these sins live in darkness, the enemy feeds on that. And if you don't have anyone to talk to, up there I have mine and my husband's email addresses. Write those down too. We would be more than willing to talk with any of you, even if you're just curious of, how do I start this conversation? How do I find an accountability partner? We would love to talk to you. And then below is the um, web address for the ministry I work for. So any of these things I talked about today, if you want more resources, um, they have a wealth of knowledge there. The band's going to come up and play one last song. And I want all of you to use this opportunity to ask the Lord to show you areas of your life where you need to be seeking purity. Or maybe ask the Lord to show you who is this person in my life that I can open up to and that I can talk to? Or is there someone in my life that I know is struggling and how do I help them? Thank you all for listening attentively. And it was great to be with you this morning.